Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 119, verses 65 to 72. You've dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Isaiah chapter 57, verses 14 through 21. And it shall be said, Build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the place, in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry. For the spirit would grow faint before me, and the breath of life that I made. Because of the iniquity of his unjust gain, I was angry. I struck him. I hid my face and was angry. But but he went on backsliding in the way of his own heart. I've seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and his mourners, creating the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to the far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who invited him, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought a five yoke of oxen. I have to go examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you've commanded has been done, and there still is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. Good morning, and welcome to the 13th Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Laguna Niguel, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 119, Isaiah 57, and Luke 14. Um, In the... I was reading the Gospel passage, and it struck me there's there's a pattern... The people who make the excuses are the religious elite who look down on the lowly, devout, 
um, like Jesus, who's from a disgraced area up in the north, Galilee of the nations, the district of the non-Jews, and they think, oh, well, we have, we have the answers. We have the temple. We have Jerusalem. We have the Levites. We have, which they didn't, the Zadokite uh, Levitical priest line had already been basically destroyed or usurped <clears throat> by the house of Bothius. And anyway, and so the people who think so highly of themselves but can't bring them to say so out, you know, up front, make all these excuses for why they aren't joining Jesus and his movement in these communion meals. And, the fir- and there's three. Um, the first says, um, I bought a field. I have to go out and see it. The second says, I have bought livestock. I have to go examine them. Uh, the third says, I've married a wife, and so I can't come. Um, and I thought about this in light of Deuteronomy 20 and the laws concerning warfare. When Israel goes to war, according to Deuteronomy, the officers are to speak to the people and ask if there are anyone, if there's anyone who uh, has a new house and has not dedicated it, if there's uh, anybody who has planted a vineyard and not enjoyed its fruits, and finally, if anybody is betrothed to a wife and has not taken her, let them go back. Um, and the fourth one in Deuteronomy is, there anyone who's fearful and faint-hearted? Um, let them go back um, and don't let anybody else be scared by their faint of heart. And so the it's not a one-to-one match, but there is an alarming you know, rhetorical proximity, right? The vineyard and not enjoying its fruit is the first one in Luke. I bought, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I've bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Then the yoke of oxen, the yoke of oxen, um, new house, I don't think appears. It's not livestock. There's definitely a field, but this, in Deuteronomy, it has a house, and the house is missing. So the house and the livestock are the switch. And then finally, um, a vineyard, or I'm sorry, the the betrothed is the last one, someone who's recently married, and which is the third one in Luke. And so, I don't know that he that Jesus is making the point about war, but he is. I think in reading this, if you're steeped in the Israelite tradition from the Hebrew Scriptures, and you hear these people saying, "Oh, I'm making excuses for not joining Jesus." There's this weird parallel of not of making excuses of being excused from going to war because Jesus is waging war, not a physical war against flesh and blood, a spiritual war against the powers and principalities in our own hearts and in the hearts of the institutions that we create and the organizations and the the social groups that we create. He's going to war against arrogance against um you know, higher than, holier than now bullshit. Um, and he's pointing it out. He's saying, these people who I've invited, I, you know, they're the first that you'd think of that would want to go. They're the priests. They're the Levites. They're the powerful in Jerusalem. And yet they don't want to be there. And it's it's paralleling this um, uh, rules of engagement we see in Deuteronomy 20, the law uh, for war and excusing and whittling down their numbers. And it's not a bad thing in Deuteronomy. God consistently has Israel, like, shows Israel how they are 
less powerful, they're outnumbered and all these things, and yet they'll still win because they have Yahweh on their side. So it's a good thing. Like you don't, it's not a shame that you have a house or you're faint of heart or you have a new vineyard. Like go do those things. Um, we don't need numbers. But here Jesus is using this kind of echo, this kind of melody of the laws of war to say, look, these people don't want to go to war. I'm going to war. These are the people that are stepping aside. Um, and in this case, it is a bad thing. Well, yeah, it is a bad thing because instead of war, it's like, look, this is a good thing. Why should you be afraid of it? And yet there's something that gets in the way of them seeing what God is doing by going to war against the powers and principalities. By stepping aside, they are earmarking themselves as a part of and contributing to those powers and principalities that Jesus is coming to to combat and destroy. Um, and there are, the, as I said, these three things. It's not the same, but those, especially, you know, the the field and the wife and the excuses, you know, let them be excused, let them go home, don't let them, let them not have to participate in this thing that we're doing, whether it's war or communion. Um, I think that draws parallels. I think that you would have heard it in a particular way if you went to the synagogue and listened to the Hebrew scriptures every week. And I think the powerful probably would have, but it's different enough to where it's the meaning is just really deeply couched in parable. And Jesus says, like, for those, you know, who can't hear it, they won't, right? That's why I speak some parable. Like, if you, if you have the a similar set of interpretive tools, you'll see this thing that I'm doing. If you don't, you might not like it, but you won't exactly know what I'm doing. And you won't, you know, have, you know, my, my, my own physical doom will be delayed because, um, you know, not everybody understands, you know, why I'm here. Um, but I think that's certainly going on. Um, I may have to write about that on Substack um, because it looks as though there is that parallel and it leaves out those who are faint-hearted, implying that they are not ready, that they're faint of heart when it comes to the kingdom of God. Prayer for those in the armed forces of our country, from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care in keeping all the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. Defend them day by day with your heavenly grace. Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils which beset them, and grant them a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, 
read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.